Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, episode 59, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Beyond. Dom. Mario Kart. And special return guest this week, uh, Logan. How's it going, <laughs> Logan? I am not too bad. I was trying to think of a good catchphrase, but I couldn't think of one in time. Uh, Mario Kart! Hey! <laughs> See, that was a bad one. God. Like mine. Um, that was a good one. Yeah, so uh, let's just hop into what we've been playing this week. Um, not too surprising, last week at the end of the show I said I was going to be hopping into Prey because it released. I've been playing Prey, uh, aiming to get the review up sometime next week. I'm three or four hours in. I haven't had a whole lot of time to play, unfortunately, and it's not due to my interest in the game. I'm absolutely loving Prey. I think I I messaged you guys or something, I think, after my initial like hour, hour and a half of gameplay, Dom and Jordan, and I was just like, it's great, right? Uh, thankfully, I'm not playing on PC, so I'm not, you know, running into those game-breaking bugs and such. But, <laughs> man, people calling this genre immersive sim, it's, you know, it is that. Like, it builds so much tension, and uh, it, it does play like a sci-fi horror game, and it does give you those system shock, those dead space vibes. And I'm absolutely loving it. I don't want to go too deep into it, because like I said, I want to, you know, uh, the review should be up next week sometime, because I'm going to, after recording and stuff, I'm going to go ahead uh, in to finish that game and stuff like that, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, other than that, dove into some more Fallout Shelter. Like I said, it was my return to Fallout Shelter after a year and a half to two years of playing it the first time when it initially released. Um, fun, it's just one of those games uh, where you check in and see how everything's going. Um, been playing some What's more over... Number? Uh, six six six. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's that's creative. So after uh, I don't know, there was you know whatever political hubbub going on in the world, and you know people were making World War Three jokes a couple weeks ago or whatever it was. So you know I passionately opened up Vault sixty nine to the public. So if you know, <laughs> if doom is impending. You are welcome, but there are strict rules, so we yeah. can get into that at a later date. Also, I was like in a conversation with my friends, and I was like creating the vault, and I was like, "What should I? What number should it be?" And some person gave me the sixty-nine. And I was like, "That's ah, a little too put on the nose." And somebody's like, "How about six six six? And I was like, "All right." Uh, so, anyways, I've also been playing Overwatch uh, in preparation for the rumored one-year anniversary event that's coming up on the one year of Overwatch. Um, and they're going to be doing anniversary loot crates, apparently. I don't want to get into the whole hubbub of Overwatch. One interesting thing, recently, um, Dom and uh, Logan, you two are more sports guys than Jordan is. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but the eSports League that's happening for Overwatch, uh, the owner, Robert Kraft, and his group of investors recently made a, a pitch for one of the eSports wait, League wait, wait, wait. slots. I did not you gotta know elaborate. about so that. Robert... Robert Kraft, like the owner of the New England Patriots, Robert. Kraft? Yes, he his 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 investment firm, the one that he owns, the Kraft Group or whatever it's called. They there's slots up for the Overwatch League, right? Because they're gonna have teams. It's different than normal over uh, esports leagues where it's like team random company, team random company. They're actually what Blizzard's doing with Overwatch is they're having each like cities have teams. So there's gonna be the New England Tracers, the Chicago Winstons, obviously not that they'll be called something different, but just to give you an idea. So they basically put in a pitch to uh, purchase the, uh, I guess, Boston uh, team for Overwatch. Mm, and nice. they're like, I hope they don't get caught inflating their controllers. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're also, uh, <laughs> the teams are pretty expensive. They're like 20 million for a slot, which is Jeez. crazy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Big money. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Anyways, wait, Overwatch. But... I want to say, I just want to go ahead and put this out here in May of 2017. 
20 million sounds like a lot, but in a few years, yeah, it's gonna be nothing. Yeah, Blizzard for, knows what for they're doing. where that goes. You know, yep. people people didn't think Warcraft, uh, World of Warcraft, was gonna last as long as it did uh, as it has. Blizzard knows what they're doing, so I have I, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be worth that, and they're getting a still right now. Um, so I thought that was just a, an interesting anecdote of like. Robert Kraft. If you think of all the NFL owners, Robert Kraft would be the last one I would think would be like, oh, his his grandson probably came to him like, there's these Overwatch teams you might want to invest in it, and he's like, what the hell is Overwatch? You know what <laughs> I mean? So, uh, I've just been playing Overwatch because, like I said, it's coming up on the one year anniversary, and I think it's a very special game. Um, last year, I think our game of the year was Dark Souls three overall, but I I'm pretty sure Overwatch for me personally was one or two. I was the only one out of us three that played it extensively or at all. I love Overwatch. It's great. Um, obviously, you two aren't big multiplayer guys, but if you are into multiplayer, um, it's obviously been one of the best games, multiplayer games of the last five years. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Prey, Overwatch, Fallout Shelter. Uh, that's it for me. What about you guys? Oh, whew. Horizon. Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> Don't still, yeah. fucking stroke. <laughs> still finishing Just it up. Just right into it here. Uh, no, it is done. It is over. It is patented. It has been put down right in about 50 hours. The game is absolutely awesome. And I, I want to find an excuse to play more, but I just got to move on. Gotta Wait, move on Dom, did, did, did you say what you achieved? Yes, the, the old platy. The platinum trophy. Yeah. Proud of you. It's an accomplishment. <laughs> Good job. Welcome to the club. No, it's a super satisfying one. So I, I clocked in around 50 hours. Um, And you can do it in one playthrough, right? There's nothing you can miss, anything like that. And it's... You know, for the most part, easy um, and straightforward. So it was kind of nice. Um, took a little grinding and such and collecting, but it, it was one that felt good. It wasn't like a, a Bloodborne where I was, you know, you know, Ugh. half the weight I normally am by the time I'm done with that one. But, yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. That's the way it should be, you know. No missables, yeah. one playthrough if you if you, nice. you want to, you know. Um, yeah. Other than Horizon, played a whole lot more Mario Kart. Um Hence my, you know, little intro jab. But me and Emily, yeah, that's that song <laughs> is ingrained into my brain right now. But yeah, pl- pretty much every night we play for at least an hour or two, sometimes more. Since I've had that, yeah, it's 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 uh, bad. Speaking of Mario Kart, did you guys know this is a recent fact that came up that I didn't know? Rosalina's a heavy in Mario Kart. Yeah, which is I really weird. Heard that. When really I heard weird. That. Yeah, really weird. Sorry. Also, just, just the fact that, like, there's fucking hidden statistics for these characters that you can't access, even if you bring up the statistics page. Once again, just like Zelda, I'd be okay with it if I could just see what the statistics were, but I can't. That's some from software know. hidden stuff right there. Yeah, it's some <laughs> bullshit. Go look at the fucking wiki shit right there <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize that was a thing um, yeah. but anyway so I've been playing a lot of that and I've been playing a lot more Salt and Sanctuary on the Vita still too so and that's been well yeah yeah no more problems man that's a game yeah. that I will play if it comes to Switch like we talked about it last week the moment that game comes to Switch if it ever does immediate buy for me I just Same never here. got around to it on PC I don't own PlayStation products right now um, Same here. So like, yeah well that's I do own though? PlayStation products <laughs> that's it yep <laughs> uh, Logan what have you been playing? Um, I just ended my 
something hour playthrough of both Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 back to back in successive fashion. Yeah, baby. Logan, last time you were on the show, what did I tell you? (laughs) We talked about Kingdom Hearts. I said the best game coming out this year is that collection, and (laughs) obviously I was correct. I don't know why I, I really wanted to go back to that series. I purchased the collection on ps4 at like three in the morning one night and i was like yeah i'm just gonna go back to this so i played one and two back to back i finished that last week it was a really nice trip down memory lane and those games really hold up like well for the most part which is surprising considering the first one specifically is like going on 15 years old at this point oh yeah um so it, it's really nice to see that those games still work out well and they just full the third one already, restoration they did a beautiful job they did a great job. Um, besides that, I'm very much like you, Jared, where I have Prey. I have put probably 90 minutes into Prey, um, but that's about it. I just haven't had a whole lot of time this week, and I'm looking to potentially play it more tonight. But I like what I've done so far. I like the vibe the game's giving off. I think the intro is really cool. Um, I'm liking the story so far, but I've heard a bunch of people start to poo-poo the story later on the further they get into it. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. Um but I really like everything about the game so far. I guess my only complaint would be the combat feels a bit awkward right now, but I still haven't gotten a gun, and I think that's part of the reason why I've just been shooting mimics with the glue cannon and then going in and beating them with a wrench. So we'll see what happens once I get an actual pistol or a shotgun or something like that. So without spoilers, so without spoilers, the beginning of that game is one of the coolest reveals in a video game I've played in a while. Like Once you find out what actually is going on, you know what I mean? I don't want to spoil it yeah. for anybody. No, yeah, I totally yeah. get it. Yeah, once you find out what's actually going on, I'm like, wow, this is cool. So did Very reveal, cool. Where did the demo end? Like, before or after? I didn't play the demo. I went completely uh, media blackout. I was it would have like, had to be even... before that. Yeah, I would assume. I think it probably ends at the at the testing room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's awesome. What have you been playing, Jordan? We have a good round so, about a bunch yeah. of different things. I got Prey as well um, and played probably a little less than Logan. Um, I think, you know, Jared, you said you loved the first hour. I was not loving it. I think it was really cool, that reveal that you talked about. But I do think uh, the gameplay aspect um, was a little bit slow. Um, But I think it has potential, I think. That's what I loved about it. it. I love that it was so slow. Different strokes, you know. Oh, I thought you said you love the... I thought you made the potential, but I I think... <laughs> um, I love the fact that it might get good sometime. Um, <laughs> no, I think it is solid, though. I think it is... Uh, you know, it has that arcane feel with the different um, pathways and the, um, you know, hacking into stuff and all that. Um, I think it's a very cool sci-fi atmosphere, but... Um, the, my biggest thing is, and people have obviously talked about this a lot, um, the more I played it, I did start to feel like uh, this is pushing into kind of like a knockoff Bioshock territory. And I say that, obviously, not it's not going to surprise anybody. Everybody's been talking about how much it seems and feels like Bioshock. I'm just worried that it pushed a little too far, um, oddly enough, into mimicry with the mimics being in the game. So I just think that um, that's something that I'm a little worried about, but of course that could be alleviated uh, by the end of my playthrough, so we'll see. Um, But it's something I'm excited to get back to. Um, And besides that, I've just been watching a uh, shit ton of anime, dude. Um, 
I've been watching, uh, I watched all of Steins Gate. That's a fucking awesome sci-fi time travel series. I watched all of the first season, um, and then the OVAs in between season one and two of Code Geass, which is a fucking fantastic series, um, which is like got vigilante aspects. It's got like political aspects. It's got mechs fucking on roller skates, um, very cool series. Can't wait to jump into season two. Um, and then also JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I mentioned that I was watching that a while back. I've finished parts one and two, and I'm now on part three, Stardust Crusaders. Um, loving that as well. Um, so yeah, all three of those anime are really cool. Steins Gate is actually, um, oddly enough, uh, a lot of anime, of course, are based off of manga. That's how JoJo is. Um, but oddly enough, Code Geass is actually an original anime, and then uh, Steins Gate is an anime that's actually based off a video game, um, and now they've made a sequel video game, and then they're going to make a sequel anime to adapt that game as well, uh, Steins Gate Zero. Um, so I went ahead and uh, looked online for to see what platforms the original Steins Gate was on, found out that it was on... Uh, you can play it now on PS4 and Vita and then looked it up on the store and it ended up only being $3 for Vita. So went ahead and got the original Steins it's Gate. It's on sale. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, it's not regularly three. Thank you for clarifying. I wouldn't want to screw anybody over there, but, um, yeah, started playing that on Vita. Um, so not far enough in to give impressions, but I think it's cool. It's a visual novel and obviously I know where the story is going to go, but I've heard it's a lot more fleshed out in the uh, visual novel. And so um, already just so emotionally invested in this story and these characters. And I hear that uh, the visual novel goes even further and is even more heart-wrenching. And so I'm very excited to take that plunge. We've, we've talked about this on multiple occasions, and I really wish me and you were more similar, though we couldn't be cut from more polar opposites of the same cloth. Um, <laughs> like, I, I enjoy stuff when I'm watching it, and we've talked about this before. I can't marathon stuff. Like, I'll watch an episode of something, and right. I'm like, I, you know, I'm saying, like, I could watch a second episode, or I could be doing this, or I could be doing that, or I could be doing this. And it just, yeah, it's something really hard for me to get around to. And when I hear you, like, I watched the entire first season, I don't look at you like, wow, I can't believe you sat there that long. I'm like, I wish I could sit there and watch it. Yeah. It's just yeah. not how I'm built, dude, and I, I hate it. Cause I'm like, oh. I think what it is, Jared, is I'm actually, you know, I just brought up three different anime series, obviously. And the thing is, is I'm bouncing around constantly. I'm never, I'm never, you know, and I really don't binge watch either. I may marathon three episodes of an anime, but that's, you know, that's an hour long. Not a that's Netflix not... eight hour. Right. Sit down exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would never watch 13 episodes of House of Cards the day it comes out. That's fucking dumb bullshit. <laughs> I think uh, um, I'm not saying I do that, but I did watch Stranger Things in one day. Yeah, I mean, if you want to do that, that's fine. I think Stranger Things isn't 13. I think that's like eight parts, which is obviously it's still five hours. It was less, a day. I'm saying, but <laughs> but uh, either way, I think um, usually I don't marathon stuff. It's usually like a few episodes, and then um, either I'll jump to something totally different, like oh, I want to go watch, you know like some kind of funny content on YouTube or maybe some, uh, you know, um, even like some anime, uh, um, video essays on YouTube. I really like stuff like that, uh, analysis and, and things of that sort. So I'll, I'll bounce around 
uh, to different formats or, you know, between anime and like an hour long drama, bounce around between different shows to keep it fresh or bounce around like, oh, I'll watch some TV here and then I'll go play my PS4 and then I'll come back. And that keeps me from getting bored or feeling stale. And I think that's where a lot of that comes from. Also, I did, like I said, I watched a shit ton of anime. I watched more than I normally would have this week. And, for example, Steins Gate is a 25-episode anime. Finished that in three days. That's way quick. I just really loved it and <laughs> yeah. kind of couldn't stop watching. So that's, I usually don't binge like that, yeah. Uh, let's hop into the news here. So the first bit of news, uh, Starbreeze uh, Games, they're uh, basically a publishing studio that publishes a bunch of games you've probably heard of. Uh, Payday 2, uh, they did Brothers, which is that indie game that a lot of people love where you controlled each brother with an individual joystick. They're doing a ton of st- uh, stuff. One of the biggest games that they're known for publishing that hasn't actually come out yet is Overkill's The Walking Dead. It's a licensed Walking Dead game, uh, licensed by Skybound. It's based on the comic, not on the television show, which is kind of an important thing here. Um, unfortunately, they announced that it's delayed till next year. This was a game that was originally shown off in 2014. Uh, and then we didn't hear about it for a while. Uh, then we had the teaser in 2015, and then we had uh, nothing in 2016. Uh, now in 2017, they had the stream. They told us it's delayed till next year. They really just showed off some uh, concept art and some player models. My personal opinion is, though I really want to play this game, it's a first-person game based on The Walking Dead. I don't really know if this game's ever coming out. Um, it just seems like for you to delay this game, for it to be revealed so long ago and still not have anything for it and say it's re- going to be releasing next year is kind of worrisome um but you know i we don't know what scale this game's at maybe they are saving uh the actual gameplay and stuff for e3 maybe they have a deal in place where they can't show any gameplay before then you know so they wanted to say the game's still being worked on show some concept stuff and maybe sony stage or microsoft stage will actually see gameplay for the first time but uh, i think it's a disappointing announcement from you guys, do you think this is from a standpoint of this game just is having development trouble, or do you think is them saying like we can hit this fall, but look at everything that's releasing? Do we really want to hit this fall? Where do you think this delay comes from? Um, so I have a question first. Is because I'm not like intimately familiar with this. I've I've heard about it on and off over the years, but like you said, there's not a lot out there. Um, is it primarily single player or multiplayer? Uh, primarily sure multiplayer. Uh, they okay. in in the presentation for Overkill, uh, they mentioned m- multiplayer was the second word that came out of their mouth. Survival okay. multiplayer Walking Dead game, like it was right out the gate. Like so, it is multiplayer. So it's Daisy. Focused. Was it always like that in 2014 though, or is this more of a recent thing they've been hitting up? They, and the ne- reason I ask, and well, go ahead. They they they've never really given any context. Like we're making a Walking Dead game. They gave us that weird cinematic. I don't know if you guys remember. It was. A camera in-game engine panned at a wall and you saw shadows and like sun coming through the window and then you heard like banging on a door and then a woman being attacked by a zombie that's all we've really gotten like they haven't really discussed the plot what p- timeline it's at in the walking dead they just we all we know is it's based in the in the comic universe and now they're saying it's multiplayer focused so it's it would seem that it's kind of a walking dead first person daisy I guess, yeah. I was thinking more of like a multiplayer... Uh, what's the zombie game that came out two years ago that everybody loved? Came out in the spring. That's DayZ. No, not DayZ. That's not... DayZ is a PC game. I'm talking about um, Dying Light. It seems like a yeah, multiplayer yeah, yeah. Dying yeah. Light. Oh. Yeah. 
Well, the reason I asked if it was multiplayer or not, and the fact that they are now, like you said, hitting up the multiplayer aspect of the game, I wouldn't be surprised if Starbreeze is having them, if Starbreeze has had this game reworked over the past couple of years. True, um, yeah. Because, the, and the reason I say that is, I, I don't know if you guys saw this a few weeks ago, it was kind of a hidden story, and the only reason I'm even familiar with it is because I actually had to write the story up about it. <laughs> um, but Starbreeze said a few weeks ago that they're, almost totally shifting away from uh, single-player games. Like, th- their in-house developed games are almost always going to be multiplayer-focused, and they're not developing this game in-house, are they? Uh, I don't know if Overkill is a studio that they own. They're publishing I it. I, I don't know. Yeah, I can't I can't. You. I can't remember that. But I know that they said that their studios that they own, they want them to all be working on multiplayer projects rather than single-player projects. And people ask them questions like, well, what, what about Brothers or something like that? Like, that did well critically. And they're like, yeah, well, we've had these games that do well critically, but they don't do anything for us financially. You know, it has done well financially for us. Payday 2. Yeah, exactly. And that is the gift that keeps on giving. And so I'm wondering if initially with this game – it started out more single-player focused, and as time has moved on, I wonder if they've kind of reworked things to where they've been like, no, we need to make this game multiplayer focused so that it has a long lifespan and so that we can get as much money from it as we can. Because they've outright said that, I mean, even in this story, I think it was on uh, gamesindustry.biz, that they're, they're not going to be doing single-player games any longer in their with their development studios the only way in which they would put out single player products would be if they are publishing them exclusively and other develops and other developers come to them with the idea well you and look they at said the, they're open it to it in that case but otherwise they're going to stick with multiplayer because that's where they make their money well you look at their biggest games payday 2 right another game that gets hidden away dead by daylight has had phenomenal sales numbers on pc uh it's asymmetric multiplayer game where some one person's a murderer and the four people try to survive uh, this makes sense. Uh, another thing in the stream, and this actually points to what you just said about that news story, is during the presentation for this game when they were saying it was delayed, they said that this game is going to be supported for years to come and they're going to supply players with free DLC for the foreseeable future uh, post-release. So that makes sense for them to have the model of, you know, it's a multiplayer game, it comes out, and then they just trickle out these updates to keep it as a living, breathing environment, right? They've seen how good Payday 2's done and how many legs that... Like, it's impressive that Payday 2 still has an active fan base when nobody in any of our circles ever talks about playing Payday 2, you know? <laughs> uh, okay, it's coming so, out on Switch this summer. So yeah. Overkill is a studio that is owned by Starbreeze. So that yeah, makes okay. total sense, actually. Yeah. They mm-hmm. are shifting mm-hmm. it to be more multiplayer-focused. Yeah. Um, and by Good the way, detective work. the player models that they that they showed off looked beautiful. They said they were in engine, but obviously they were they weren't in environment. They were like close up on the thing, so you don't know how they're gonna look when they're actually running, right? With everything else happening. But as far as the the you know the zoom in on the characters looks really nice. So maybe they did take a turn and they started focusing multiplayer, and maybe it also gave them time to because maybe there was a multiplayer facet of this game, but maybe they just had to you know ditch the single player stuff and go fully into that and maybe the polish is there and that's great it's gonna be interesting when this game releases they didn't say spring summer fall they just said 2018 uh this is a game that a lot of people i know that aren't even into like the video game industry or deep into who overkill is they see walking dead they want to play a walking dead game you know the last one that came out with daryl was abysmal a game was handled horribly didn't come out too well we are missing a solid walking dead game luckily for people who at least own an xbox hopefully they're going to get that to some capacity in state of decay 2 later this year but i really think that this is a game that 
will probably sell pretty well, you know. So hopefully it comes out sooner rather than later. So uh, my que- I have one question for you guys real quick before we shift away from this. If this is multiplayer focused, then how do you in turn feel about it? Because I feel like the multiplayer zombie landscape is kind of getting a bit out of control. Like there's a lot of other – there's a lot of competition in the market. And the other thing I'll say too about that is that The Walking Dead to me has never been just a – paint by the numbers zombie world it's more about the characters and the stories that happen within that world so to just instead end up making a generic zombie multiplayer shooter with the walking dead brand attached to it like that's really uninteresting to me i agree agree. so they already they put out uh not they whoever someone different you know first it was daisy um which was pc only like you said jared and then they someone modded that into like war z or something um yeah, I'm pretty sure that didn't do too well. Um, and then, you know, and I remember hearing about something called H1Z1, which was yep. the same kind of thing, but I think it was PS4 exclusive maybe. I'm not sure. No, it's on PC. That was, about PS, it. that was PC as well. That was PC too? It okay, was meant so. to come to console. It still hasn't. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, the, okay. the thing that this has over all those other games is all those other games haven't come to, to, to console. The only one that has is Seven Days to Die. And that game seemed pretty good success. of course we had the... We had the Left 4 Deads back in the day, but those were Xbox yeah. only, Xbox and PC, and those well, games still have a pretty good lifespan, I think, on PC. Like, there's still a fan base for those games, but well, it has kind of come and gone, I think. The difference, valve, too, the difference, too, is in in the stream, when they showed Carrie, they showed uh, a black uh, male protagonist, and they showed, uh, like, a redheaded-ish kind of female, um, and they had specific names. So I wonder if this is a multiplayer experience in, like, Payday 2 where it's like four people going out into a world, right? It's not like massively multiplayer or anything like that. And it is character driven because uh, they are working really intimately with Skybound. Like Skybound was in the presentation. They were having an interview back and forth with people at Skybound. So I don't think this is like a, you know, here license it out. Um, and another thing is like the character models themselves were high quality. This isn't like, no offense, to like H1Z1 or any of those games, but like, the gameplay isn't that great but yeah they don't look very good right and i think this is being nurtured a little bit more and i think there is enough of a a niche audience here uh that it is going to fill a gap like i said a lot of those games haven't come to console i have friends who want to play h1z1 or want to play player unknown battlegrounds which is kind of in the same vein as h1z1 or survival right Um, obviously not zombies um but those games are taking a long time to come to console if they ever do and i think this can hit that gap um, it's going to be interesting to see how successful it is. It's going to be interesting the price point. Is this a $60 retail game? Is this a $40 digital only? Does this even release retail? Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. Um, though some people might disagree with Starbreeze saying like, hey, we're only going to do multiplayer games. You have to look at it from a business perspective and be like, well, there's a reason most people don't know about Starbreeze. They are, do have successful stuff, but it's not like the AAA masterpieces. And releasing a a double a you know two and a half a game that does critically well but it's not going to see those sales numbers right they need to make money off of macro transactions and word of mouth and the twitch streamers playing multiplayer so it makes sense to me it's unfortunate because i have friends who've been wanting to play this game for three years now and keep asking me when's it coming out when's it coming out i'm like i don't know dude i can't tell you (laughs) um so ask jason sryer he's the one that fucking delays games (laughs) Speaking of games that probably won't sell well, um, this story comes by way of Polygon, Allegra Frank. Thief movie producers say a new Thief game is in the works. A fifth game is said to be tied to the upcoming film. Um, This is interesting. 
Uh, you know, this is the Thief franchise was one that was uh, owned and made by Eidos Montreal. They got purchased, obviously, by Square Enix, and now Square Enix owns it. Um, they're making a Thief movie, which is surprising in and of its own right. Um, <laughs> but then they, they're making a fifth game. We're living in a world where Eidos Montreal can no longer work on Deus Ex, but there's a new Thief game in development. I just think this is a really strange... Um, it says, you know, people consider Thief to be, like, in the article states that people consider it to be one of the greatest games ever created, the first Thief. I've never played it. I don't really know much, many people who have. Even people in the industry that I listen to, I think Ryan McCaffrey is probably the only person I've ever heard talk lovingly about Thief. Um, it's just strange to me. Uh, the last Thief game came out on PC and console in 2014. Um, so it, it's just, it's an odd story. I don't know if there's anything much for us to See, say. I just thought it was an interesting weird well, story well that's the oddest part is that they just fucking rebooted thief why are yeah. why are they rebooting it again three years because they the, it was a bad reboot it's, it's like the, the <laughs> yeah. spider-man movies at this point the amazing spider-man reboot was a bad reboot so we're, we're wiping that away well, we'll just press the button again we'll see what happens Ugh. it's funny that this is probably going to go the opposite of ratchet and clank where well maybe not even as good as that because like ratchet and clank came out the movie reviewed phenomenally. Jordan loved the movie. A lot of people felt no, the otherwise. Review, the the movie did not review phenomenally. Yeah, no, I said the game. Mediocre. No, I said I said the game. I said Jordan oh. thought the movie was great. Many other I people. I think you did say otherwise. the movie. What you meant was the game reviewed well. Yeah. The movie did not. Yes, um, and that's for Ratchet and Clank, which I think even has more legs, way more legs than Thief. Oh yeah. I think the movie's oh, yeah. gonna come out for Thief. Probably not gonna be good. <laughs> the game's gonna come out probably won't be good like who's working on this game is my biggest question it's not Eidos Montreal they're working on the Marvel game you know it's weird are they going to give this to like a second studio they're not giving it to IO Interactive which we'll get into later um but like it's really weird um if you were to line up if you were to gather a hundred people that were into video games and sit them in a room and say what franchise do you want to see come out this year I doubt any of them would I would put a million dollars on the fact that none of them would say Thief um, it's just it's so weird, man. It's so weird how these decisions get made. Like, I don't understand how Thief is a more justifiable option to sink money into than all the other franchises they could be making. It's just super weird. We don't have to get into. It. I just figured it was an interesting story. Um, the last bit of news here is interesting. Uh, new Assassin's Creed game screenshot and name reportedly leak. For a while, we we got the rumors that it was going to be called Assassin's Creed Empire. Uh, it was going to be taking place in Egypt. Um, you know, they took a year off hiatus Ubisoft did from the Assassin's Creed franchise, so they had a little bit more time to work on this. Now we got a weird screenshot. It shows an assassin-like character in a boat um, in what looks to be Egypt, uh, and it shows, like, a mission where it says, like, kill the crocodile. It obviously looks... This is pretty legitimate. You know, this is the next Assassin's Creed game. Uh, anybody with eyes can see that this is, for the most part, 90% a legitimate screenshot. I think the most interesting details uh, lie within some of the other leaks that happened, um, and this is from the story by Chris Pereira over on GameSpot. Uh, and he says, uh, new details have emerged regarding the next entry in the Assassin's Creed series, which will reportedly be called Assassin's Creed Origins. That name was first reported by WWG and has since been corroborated by Eurogamer. Um, now they go into the details. Uh, let's see here. Let me find it for you guys. Okay. It pictures a bow-wielding character on a boat, albeit one much smaller than what players controlled in Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which you guys remember we controlled these massive pirate ships, arguably the best pirate game ever created. Um, 
since the release of Assassin's Creed Unity, uh, we've learned a lot based on your feedback. It, uh, it stated at the time, this is Ubisoft. We've also updated our development process and recommended to making Assassin's Creed a premier open world franchise. Uh, apparently, I guess in this article he doesn't get into it, I'll, I can just go over what I read. Um, Origins is a game that's going to be taking place in multiple timelines from rumors and multiple locations. It seems to be the earliest game in, in the franchise, taking place even before Assassin's Creed 1. Um, and it's interesting. It seems like they're going more RPG heavy. It's uh, They stated that the narrative isn't going to be driven solely by player missions, uh, that it's going to be more of an open-worldy, build-the-story-yourself kind of feeling, which is interesting. I think it's an interesting direction for Assassin's Creed. Jordan, I know you're a huge Assassin's Creed fan. I want to hear what you guys have all, uh, to say about the title, the direction, or what you guys are expecting. Is this weird? So I think, first of all, what I want to say is that um, I just feel like a lot of people might have this misconception in their mind that because they took a year off that this is going to be a huge leap or that it's going to fix all their issues that they had or that, a leap of you faith. know, <laughs> that that this is going to fix, you know, some of those clunky issues where you're jumping off the walls you don't want to or whatever. I think it's really kind of just going to be pretty similar. I mean, they took one year off. It's not like they took three, you know. Um, and so I, th I don't think you're going to see a quantum leap of faith, as it were. Uh, but I do think that um, they're at least, you know, pushing in new directions. It is exciting to see it go... Um, further back in time because you know up until this point as far as the mainline games go they were continuing throughout history and so I was almost kind of worried that they were you know locking themselves out of going back but obviously now that doesn't seem to be the case and I'm um, really happy about that because it gives us more of a timeline to explore obviously um, as far as the look of it and, you know, where it is or whatever, I, I can't tell you much. I think it'd be cool if part of it was in Egypt, as I've said before. Uh, but, yeah, I just think that it's just not going to be so much different that um, it really, you know, blows people away. But I am still excited, and I think that, um, you know, for me... I was buying Assassin's Creed games every year simply because of the fact that they were doing what I wanted them to for the $60 price point, and I had really no issues except for, of course, Unity when it came out super-duper buggy. Um, but I ended up having more glitches in Syndicate in, in the long run, so I think that, um, you know, I think we've seen plenty of games since Unity came out that were just as buggy as Unity. And so, um, you know, people obviously give Ubisoft and the Assassin's Creed franchise and Unity a lot of crap for that. But, uh, you know, where we are now in May 2017, it's kind of commonplace. And, and so, um, yeah, they haven't hurt my feelings, I guess. I'm still on board. I think it's cool. I like the Egypt thing. Um, what other games have been in Egypt, right? I mean... I guess the Mario level in the sand, right? <laughs> well, I think our friend Logan played a few uh, played a few hours in Agrabah going through Kingdom Hearts one and two. Oh, good point. Good point. I don't think that's well, it's well, not one know, to one Egypt. Close enough. <laughs> um, no, I like I like the setting. I think that's cool. But I think Jordan, I think you're onto something. I don't think the gameplay is going to be drastically different. I think you know. It, 
they're just going to change the way they structure this story more open a little more like what we saw in breath of the wild maybe where it's more emphasis on exploring um but yeah i don't think it's going to be a huge change i think it's mostly just going to be more polished than uh what we saw with unity and stuff so that's my expectation so yeah, I think the year off was more of like a mental break for fans, myself included, <laughs> Yeah, because I'm yeah. finding myself like excited and actually looking forward to this this year. And I and I agree, like I is it going to be a drastic departure from other games in the series? I'm sure it'll have its differences that set it apart because like I feel like they do need to change certain elements of it. But at the, at right. the same core of what the game is, it is going to be very similar, I think. But again, having that year off and having two years between games it does make me excited for this one later this year. And I'm like, I like just that screenshot alone, like made me legitimately hyped for this game. Nice. And the thing I'll say about the boat stuff too, is like, I'm, I'm glad they're bringing that back in some way, because that was the best part of Assassin's Creed four. Assassin's Creed four is probably my favorite in the series. Um, so I have no idea how in depth the boat things will be in, in See, what is yeah. supposedly origins, but I'm glad there's, something like that thing uh, you know i don't think this screenshot tells us everyone's saying oh well i guess boats are back like he's you know yeah pedal- it just he, it just looks like boat. something yeah it just looks like some, it's cool that you can go on the nile though right like there's, in any way there's other assassin's creed games where you're in rowboats and it has you know there's no ro- boat gameplay so i, I yeah. don't know that this confirms it but either way personally i really did not like any of the boating situations in either three or four. Oh, and I was really glad in you. unity and syndicate when I didn't have to fuck with that shit because I just think, you know, spin that game off and make a pirates game or whatever, or make a, a seafaring adventure. But for an Assassin's Creed game, it just took too much out of the experience and the situation to where the focus wasn't properly on, uh, the stealth and the assassinating. And so, um, personally I would be, totally fine and would actually prefer if this were um if you just didn't have any of the the big ship stuff um i guess i'll play devil's advocate to all of you guys i think all of you guys are i i'm looking forward to this game i don't want to play it my big worry is that they said that your your player progression is going to be tied as closely to narrative as it was in the past i am fearful that this is going to be built on a division or ghost recon wildlands template which for those games for those games huh i'm sorry they said that it it won't be as as story based no that your player progression will not be as closely tied to your narrative uh as it was in the past whereas you know in the past you'd like unlock abilities specifically when you'd hit certain points in the story and stuff like that they said that's not the case my biggest worry is that this is based off of a template of Ghost Recon Wildlands or Division, which I like those games a lot. That's not what I want in Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. Um, and my biggest worry is that they do that. Uh, Ubisoft has stated recently, in the last couple of months, uh, kind of like Starbreeze, that they want to focus more on multiplayer experiences in these worlds people live in and not so much on narrative-driven stuff. And my worry is that Assassin's Creed just simply becomes a division of Wildlands with an Assassin's Creed skin on it and you can assassinate and stuff like that. That's my biggest issue. I mean, the time frame kind of thing doesn't line up with that. I'm thinking maybe this is like what you're saying where it's not a huge departure and maybe depending on the success of this one dictates whether or not they go the division Wildlands route. Um, Yeah. But I'm, I'm waiting to see more from this game before I get super excited. But 
man, a year with that Assassin's Creed, I think a lot of us are excited. So hopefully it's good. I just It's going to be interesting to see what stage it shows up on first, too. And did Microsoft get this bad boy? Did Sony? We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about... Um, you know, some stuff we probably won't be seeing at E3 this year. We won't be seeing IO Interactive, probably. Um, it was recently announced on the day of recording this, May 11th. Square Enix has basically said that they're letting go of the company. Um, they released this weird notice of booking of extraordinary loss, which is, a, I, I was like, extraordinary loss? That's an interesting way to word it. Uh, legal forms. Um, yeah. Anyways, I don't want to get into the mumbo-jumbo of the article, but they basically stated as of the end of the fiscal year, March 31st, they're letting go of IO Interactive. If you're not familiar, they're the guys who did the Hitman episodic game. Um, they were owned by Eidos Montreal. Square Enix bought Eidos, um, so therefore they owned IO Interactive and the Hitman franchise. Um, it's unfortunate. They're losing out on 4.3 million, I think. It was 4.8 million yen, but it translates to about $4.3 million. Um, they're basically, they stayed in it too that they're looking for somebody else to buy IO Interactive. And we can get into that discussion of who we think might buy them, who might go in and purchase them and stuff like that. But interesting decision. Uh, we all know that Hitman was a critical success. Sales numbers weren't great, but the game reviewed very well. It was game of the year for a lot of people. A lot of the people at Giant Bomb thought it was game of the year. Um, what are your, I just want to know each of your individual reactions to this news, because I think it came as a surprise to almost everybody this morning when we all heard it. Oh, yeah. See ya. Oh, yeah. I think that, that it was just... Um... Sad, obviously, on this show, we've talked plenty about the fact that I'm upset to see a really cool cyberpunk franchise like Dave Sex kind of go down, and now it looks like this is the next casualty in that situation. Um, and, you know, of course, Tomb Raider's on the fence. We think there's another one being developed, but obviously they had a rocky uh, launch with the last one and, and sales. Um, so we'll see. Um I hope that Hitman is able to recover. I hope that uh, Io is able to recover. Because regardless of how well these sold, people really fucking like these games. And a decent amount of people bought it. Enough to where it... I do think it warrants a sequel. I do think it warrants a second season if that's what they want to do. And so um, I'm really hoping that they land on their feet and are able to find a publisher that will allow them to continue moving forward with what seemed like pretty set-in-stone plans, what they had uh, for Seasons 2 and 3, which, you know, so, wouldn't be making a whole new game. They'd really just be adding stuff to their current framework. So, Jared, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I gathered reading about this, uh, Square Enix still owns the Hitman IP. Yeah. Yep. So wherever the studio goes, they won't be bringing that with it. So wow, which but was rough. Which but really quick, there are rumors that they're also trying to get rid of the IP and sell it as well. Just throwing that out there. Which That's would make sense to my next point, because my next my reaction was going to be, from what people have told me, that that game was really good. So I don't know how you can make that game better, right? Yeah. Like it seemed like you can't make a better Hitman game and expect it to sell substantially more. So yeah, I I can see why they want to ditch that ip now too so well they've also developed every hitman game so to give it to another studio all of a sudden would be very just odd i mean and and again i mean that's probably going to happen but i i wonder who that is that eventually buys it and i mean let's say io does get purchased by i'd I'd say probably a large 
AAA company, if I had to guess, potentially like a Ubisoft or something like that. Um, obviously, this is just pure speculation. I have no logical guesses by any means. But let's say they were to get purchased by a large AAA uh, company. Like, would that company then look to also purchase the IP to then give it back to IO? Like, I, I wonder what that situation's like because IO, yeah, IO really hasn't done too much else. Um, besides Hitman, and I'm I'm sure I'm sure they're a, definitely a talented team who can do something else and can create a new genre, uh, can create a new game, and potentially in a different genre besides stealth or something like that if they want to spread their wings. But it is awkward at this point. And, and again, like you said, you're in, like it's always sad to hear this stuff. But this is a specifically this is specifically like a very sucky situation for both parties. The interesting thing is not only if Hitman goes on sale. But, like, they're not doing anything with Deus Ex. Does Square Enix even see any value in that? What if we just eventually see in the next coming months or year that Square Enix is like, well, we're working on these Marvel games and we're not going to do anything with the Deus Ex license. Maybe we can sell it now that it's kind of popular, even though it didn't sell well, you know, get some money for it. What if they end up just ditching Hitman and Deus Ex, um, which is going to suck, but it's, you know, the reality of the situation. For me, my dream scenario is like, What's a company we're talking about not having enough first-party studios? Microsoft. What's a company that has enough money to purchase them? Microsoft, you know? Right. Um, Yeah, I think that would be really cool. It's more of a... I don't think it's a super dream scenario. It makes sense on a lot of uh, points. It just, I think, really... Microsoft's priority looking at this. A lot of companies are, and they're like, what's the price point, right? What are you willing to sell us for? And they have to do the numbers in their head and punch the numbers and be like, is this worth buying? Um, I think if it's a package deal, because we don't know what exactly is going on, right? If it is a package deal of, like, they're trying to sell off IO and Hitman, you know, what's the price point there? I, I think whoever ends... If somebody ends up picking up IO and somehow does get Hitman, they're going to be in the good graces of gamers for a while, just for that simple oh, purchase. Yeah. Because it's basically relaying to consumers that love Hitman, they're like, well, you're willing to help us let this live on. We want to see more of IO making Hitman, and they did something great with it. I think whoever picks this up, as long as it's for the right price, is making a tremendous move. So we'll see. I could see uh, Warner Brothers doing it. I could see... Oh, okay. okay. I could see a lot of people doing it, and I, I think that, you know, Square Enix hasn't necessarily, you know, managed the shit out of these uh, franchises and Deus Ex and Hitman, so... You know, it, they could be handled better, and I think that if they were marketed better, then, yeah, this fucking dope-ass cyberpunk stealth game would be selling well, and this fucking dope-ass Agent 47 stealth game would be selling well. They're cool concepts, and they're totally uh, genres and concepts that are popular in today's media, so I don't understand how Square Enix is just like, well, man, you know, Final Fantasy, that's really our shit. Like, they're... They it seemed like they had their head on straight with, okay, well we can have our own first parties doing the Final Fantasies and the Kingdom Hearts and the Japanese stuff, and then we can have um, our other, um, you know, Western first parties doing the Western IPs with the Deus Exes, the Hitmans, and the the uh, Tomb Raiders, and it just sucks that they're, you know, they've basically taken one of those wings completely off, though it may help uh, in bringing a better focus to their Japanese front. So we'll see about that. But um, another little thing I want to mention is um, Avalanche. They recently did uh, both the Mad Max game and Just Cause 3 as well. And 
Of course, I, d I don't think either of those were huge mega hits, but it is worth noting that um, those guys are probably going to be screwed as well, looking at the way that Square's handling these other franchises. Yeah, um, another interesting correlation that I forgot to throw in is um, Phil Spencer recently, like a couple of weeks ago, was talking about Game Pass, you know, Xbox Game Pass, this new yeah. Netflix for video game service. And there was a lot of misleading headlines talking about, like, Phil Spencer doesn't like Horizon Zero Dawn and Zelda. And just these very, like, please click on our website, we need views headlines, which I didn't really <laughs> like. Um, but basically what he was talking about is he said, if Xbox Game Pass blows up and is successful and is a priority for Xbox and people are enjoying it, he says it could be a way for them to release episodic content, right, and already have it basically funded. And it would be a great marriage of those two concepts if IO Interactive gets purchased by Microsoft, they have this Xbox Game Pass, you know, you have Hitman already paid for through the Xbox Game Pass, you don't necessarily have to worry about the numbers so much, um, and it will come out episodically, so it kind of matches their format for what they want through Xbox Game Pass. I think it's just a smart uh, merging of this and this, it makes sense, right? One plus one equals two, so... It's going to be interesting. I don't think we're going to hear about who gets a hold of IO Interactive for a while. Probably not till maybe later this year. Um, you know, hopefully for the people that work there, it's sooner than that. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah, good luck to them. That's you know, Hitman's a classic franchise. That's clearly a very talented studio, and in my opinion, Square doesn't know what they're losing. So good luck to those people. Exactly, I agree. Um, let's head on to the second topic. What did you want to talk about, Jordan? Yeah, so um, mine is, once again, a pretty general topic that we'll, you know, narrow down as we get into it, but the title, at least, is Walkthroughs and Guides, and so I just want to talk about how uh, each of us individually uses either walkthroughs or, uh, you know, official strategy guides, um, whether or not we use them, how we use them, uh, what, you know, sites we go to, or uh, what... Uh, store we buy them from if we're getting the physical whatever um but yeah uh for, i'll go ahead and start out for me i've always loved walkthroughs and guides um ever since i was a kid and i figured out what they were you know going on game faqs and um looking at wikis and looking at walkthroughs people basically you know doing just that walking you through step by step showing you how to get through this game because um, I can remember before that, before the internet, uh, before I was on the internet as a kid, you know, like in elementary school and stuff, you're just banging your head against these video games sometimes, trying to figure out the next thing to do, and usually it's not that hard, but you're just missing it's missing something small, and so you can't get through this archway or whatever the fuck it is, and it's just frustrating. And um, so I'm glad to have them, and now that I'm older and I've you know, played plenty and beat plenty of video games. I'm like I said before on the show. I'm not trying to prove anything to myself. I've gotten to the point where um, I don't want when I'm playing a game. I don't want to get to the point where I'm not having fun, so I have to go get a walkthrough. I want to get a walkthrough before I get to that point, so that I can keep having fun and the flow doesn't get broken. And so I definitely give myself some time because I don't want to just think. Oh, well, this, uh, you know, two seconds into this question, I've already uh, given up on the answer, so I'm just going to go get a walkthrough. I definitely challenge myself and try to figure out everything on my own, but I'm just done banging my head against the, the brick wall, I guess. Um, so, for certain games, I've also talked about this, 
Um, I'm kind of a big accessories guy, and my games are all digital. And so um, having something to physically commemorate my favorite games, like, say, The Witcher 3, for example, um, I like having the Collector's Edition Strategy Guide. I even like having the art book, if they make one of those. Um, and so having the uh, Breath of the Wild Collector's Edition Strategy Guide or Horizon Zero Dawn for special games that I really love. I like having that companion, and personally I like having the official strategy guide compared to uh, walkthroughs, because usually the strategy guides, I feel, are the right amount of detail, the right amount of stats that I need, pictures next to everything, and um, since they are official, you're not going to get something where it was just some intern writing it, and he kind of tells you how to get through it, but, um, you know, doesn't give you a proper explanation and you have to go find somebody else's walkthrough, even though you've been using this walkthrough all the way up until this point through the game. So um, I do prefer official sh strategy guides for that reason. However, before I give up the floor, I just want to say I completely condemn the Bloodborne official strategy guide because it is a terrible piece of garbage. It literally says... Alright, now you're going to walk through here, do these things to get up to this boss. And when you're finished with that boss, you'll have these things to do, and then you'll get up to this next boss. And then after you finish that boss, oh yeah, you figured that out on your own, right? Because Bloodborne bosses aren't hard to figure out, are they? <laughs> so yeah, the fucking strategy guide that you pay, you know, 20 or $30 for just, just has no explanation on how to beat the Bloodborne bosses, which are clearly yeah. fucking... Terribly difficult. And which are no the explanation? Which are the primary point of Souls games is the bosses. That's probably the right. one thing you would need. <laughs> right. And I get the whole. I get the whole. You know. Oh well, that's not how Souls games work. You know, it's all secretive, and you gotta you gotta communicate with people online and figure out how it goes. It's like, yeah, yeah. But if I'm specifically buying the yep, guide, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I want the the description of how to beat the fucking boss. So. So the, the Souls things, and I'm finding this particularly with Salt and Sanctuary, um, there's so many different builds that you can make your character that, yeah. you know, your boss strategy, and this isn't so much the case in Bloodborne, pretty much most people are playing pretty similarly, but in Salt and Sanctuary, you can be a 100% mage or all dexterity or all strength. Like, there's so many different, and those, you know, that's going to give you a, a completely different strategy for beating each boss, and you're forced into it uh, in that game because once you're, invested into one skill tree you you have no way out of it right so oh. that, that that's not an excuse you, strategy guys should be able to give you some kind of pointers but oh yeah uh, but back to the original point though I, I think it's fascinating that nowadays you know buying the official printed strategy guys is pretty much you don't you don't you're not really buying them for uh you know the the guide or the walkthrough because right? if that were the case you would just go to a website for free really quick right it's even faster um but it's cool to me that those that these guides stick around these physical guides just because they've become more along the lines of uh, you know art books in some ways. At least uh, the last one I bought was Dark Souls Two, that strategy guide, and it's, it's super gorgeous. And oh, you yeah. also learn a lot about the lore of the game, right. and that's something that's a little more unique to Dark Souls because it's super uh, you know, super confusing Thick. and yeah, and, and dense uh, and so on. Yeah, so I think it's cool that those are still hanging around and people are still buying those, and there's a market for that, even though it's you would think they'd be irrelevant, right? With how right. many and how fast wikis go out for games. Well, so, and that's that, that's where my my mind first went. That uh, goes back to my point about I don't think that 
these free wikis are necessarily up to par. And so it is, sure, sure. if you're super into this game and you know it is a 60-hour RPG where at some point you're going to need a little help here or there, um, for me personally, I think, yeah, I'd rather just go ahead and get the official guide. So like I said, I don't have some intern who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Logan, you want to go next? Yeah, I mean, I don't really, I'm trying to think about it here. Like, I honestly don't use them very much anymore. Yeah. Um, especially the, like, official strategy guides or whatever. Like, the last one that I used for that, um, in that capacity was with The Witcher 3. And it was just by pure happenstance because I purchased the game the week it came out. And they, the place I bought it had a promotion where I got a free copy of the strategy guide. So, nice. sure, like, I got a strategy guide out of that. And so I use that every now and then. I uh, used it mainly more to, like, keep track of my quests and things like that more than actually, like, figure out where to go from point A to point B. Right. Um, I honestly don't use them, though, unless there's a couple situations. If it's an older game that I'm unfamiliar with, I'll consult it every now and then. If it is an older um, adventure game, like LucasArts or something like that, and I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing, then in that situation I'll look for look to a walkthrough. Yeah. Um, besides that, the only other time I can really think of using a walkthrough or a guide of any sort would be with achievements or trophies. And I know that kind of probably yeah. falls into its own separate category almost. A little um, bit. But that's the only time I can really think of it, like – going out of my way to look up a specific way that something's done on in a game or something like that. And in that situation, I usually go to YouTube as well. Right. Yeah. I was going to say in that situation, I always use video walkthroughs cause it's way easier. You get, you know, show right where you're going, right where to pick up that collectible and you're in and you're out. So uh, shout out to power picks. Um, and, power picks uh, is great. Yeah. Just awesome YouTube videos that are short, sweet and to the point. No bullshit commentary, which, you know, I don't like, uh so yeah you don't like commentary about video games? yeah on my fucking i <laughs> see everybody goes to youtube for let's plays i go to youtube for gameplay footage and type in no commentary next to it um so as far as walkthroughs and guides uh i have an interesting thing so i don't think i've ever used a walkthrough uh like you know looking up a wiki unless it was for achievements uh, or trophies or whatever um wow ever I've never so, like, used one. What if you get you've so I heard you have gotten stuck in games? No, right? no I've gotten stuck once, and the, I'll, I'll get into the story. So the first ever strategy I've only owned two strategy guides in my life. Um, so the first strategy guide I ever owned was for Pokemon Blue. Got my got my uh, Game Boy. Got got the strategy guide. Got the game. Right. Super excited. Flipping. That's through the a pages, good example. Loved it. Right. You know, little kid, you don't know what the hell you're doing? Sneezing and vomiting. Yeah. Like where the, the hell Boy. do you find? Yeah. 150 Pokemon and you want like one particular one and you don't know where to find it in the whole world. Exactly. Yeah, see, that's that's my thing. There's a couple certain games that like Witcher 3, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Personally, I don't know how I would have made it through those games without the guides because there's so many random things, missable things. If you want this piece of armor, you got to be at this time during the day, blah, blah, blah. I yeah. just couldn't do it. So Well, there are certain, I'll say this too, and Breath of the Wild's a good example. There's certain games where I feel like you are playing it wrong if you are using a guide. And yeah, I think I Breath of the Wild is the best example of that. Using a, I like, I specifically, there were so many times in that game where I was like, I want to just go look online and find out where the shrine is or where this is or find out where this is. And I never did. I made sure I specifically with that game never looked up any footage or looked up any walkthroughs or how-to gameplay. Um, 
certain games, especially the open world ones that are pushing you to explore, I really feel like I try to distance myself from the walkthroughs even more than normal. Uh, like I said, it's typically not a huge problem for me uh, to go out of my way, but um, yeah, the the games where you explore a lot, like I, I try to make that experience as natural as possible because I know that's the way it was designed and intended to be played. In those games, it's like I feel I think the most that gets the thing that gives me the most trouble is the the collect not the collectibles but like the the armor that you're trying to get or like you know in Zelda you're trying to like piece together three pieces of armor for the set in Witcher you're trying to get like the Witcher gear and get all the pieces of the Witcher sets uh, put together and and I like those games so much that I want all the pieces and not just half of the set so I guess that's where I get in the weeds. Um, but anyway, we, we, we just jumped down Jared. And <laughs> yeah, Jared, Jared, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it's okay. That. So, yeah, I had the Pokemon strategy guide. Then uh, God of War 2 came out, and for some reason in that game, I got stuck on a specific puzzle. I don't remember what it was. Something to do with Minotaurs, which could be 50% of the game. Um, <laughs> so it was a puzzle, and I got stuck on it, and I sat there, and I got stuck on it, and I sat there, and I was trying to figure it for like two or three days coming back getting out of school coming back to how the hell do i solve this puzzle i'm not gonna let this puzzle beat me i didn't have internet right um at that time i didn't i hadn't had internet for most of my childhood um so like i didn't know what to do i was like i went to my mom was like, i can't figure this out can and she's like well don't they have a guide or something for it and i was like yeah i guess i'll get a guide <laughs> i was kind of disappointed in myself i was like ah, eh, whatever so i bought the gears of war 2 guide Gears of War two, God of War two. Okay, Jesus okay. Christ. I, I was, I was, I was for a second. Really yeah, up there, <laughs> yeah. Jared. I misspoke. Sorry, I do that a lot. Uh, so I got the God of War two <laughs> strategy guide. Used it. Like I said, it's the only time I've ever used a guide outside of Pokemon. I never look up walkthroughs unless I'm doing achievements. It's just not something I'm into. Um, and, but for me now, I'm now that I'm going more digital with all of my games. I do think it might be something when I have more expendable income of something. I do purchase as something of like a commemorative thing. I do right. think strategy guides have become like the prima, the really well done ones are like pieces of video game history. I think they're really yep. well done. I think they're really pretty. I think they paint a picture for the game that we don't see anymore. We don't have those yes. weird manuals that come with games yes. in the front where you like have the stories and stuff, you know? It's not a yeah. thing anymore. It's a waste of paper to people. So I love in guides that you can always read the little backstory at the beginning, you know, yeah. or the character bios or whatever. I think I think there's a reason they still exist, and I think it is. I do think people still buy them because there's a lot of uh, people who aren't as hardcore gamers and you know don't want to have a hard time with it, which is completely fine. But I do think yeah. there's a lot of people who are like, I love Breath of the Wild so much, I might not even use this guide, but I it's good to know I have it and I can flip through it and exactly. check out the world. It's you cool. Know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Collectible. Jared, I have a question for you. You say that's the only time you've been stuck in a video game? Yeah. I'm not trying to, like, taunt myself as some video game expert, but God of War 2 was the only time I was ever stuck in a video game to the point where it required a guide. So is it just that our definitions of stuck are different to where... Because there's just... I just don't see any way... Like, that was, like, you know, 10 plus years ago... And you just don't, you've never had a part where you're like, I don't know what the fuck to do for like maybe Not even 15, Dark Souls? 20 minutes. I think we've just learned that you're a baby, Jordan, and you give up too quickly. <laughs> God damn. No. Um, that was hardcore. Well, the thing is like, yeah, I've been stuck like 15 to 20 minutes, but I'm just like, I'm going to figure this shit out. I love problem solving. I love problem solving. So it's one of my favorite you, things to do. So, so that's just... my thing is like, if you were at, so you get to a a new part in a game and then it's saying, you know, you need to get this done 
to move on and it takes you, you know, 45 minutes to figure out. That doesn't count as stuck for you. No, because I figure out the solution. See, yeah, if I'm spending like 45 minutes or an hour to try to figure out a, a new waypoint or whatever, that's, I am stuck at that point and I'd much rather just check the walkthrough. And I would much rather spend 40 minutes figuring it out myself. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. I know I know it's not the most efficient use of time, but it's just the way it works for me, man. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta play games your way, you know. I just think, for me, it's like I'd rather spend that time playing other games. Oh yeah, exactly. And that's I think that's the beauty of it, is like, it's strategy guides, I think, are one of those things that it's a tool that you can have as something to look at to enjoy the love of the game. You can use it as a tool itself. Um, you can use yeah. it when you only need it. There's some people who have it open the entire time and like to look at it as they're going through the parts. That's the beauty right. of walkthroughs and guides is like, it's up to you, you know, whatever, different strokes for different folks, whatever the extent or, or the lack of that that you want to use a guide for a walkthrough, go ahead. No one's stopping you. You're not less of a gamer because you use a guide. Like, right. So I, well, I'm I do a appreciate baby, so. <laughs> but I'm not less of a game. <laughs> so, so recently I've been looking up, um, I, th- I can't remember the exact name of the website. I, it might just be PlayStation Trophies.org. It's the first hit that always comes up whenever you type in trophy yeah, guide for a game. Trophies. Yeah, so I appreciate um, at the front of all those guides, um, they always say, you know, you can do this in one playthrough, but you're going to get more out of the game if you just play naturally the first time and yeah. then come back yeah it's going to take you longer because you have to do an extra playthrough to get the platinum but you'll get more enjoyment out of the game if you just don't worry the first time i appreciate when they give you that warning right yeah now in some in some games it's like you really need to read what they're going to say uh, or you're going to completely uh, screw yourself over but fun fun fact fun jared fact for you the only games i will ever read the entire achievement list for before the game comes out because i don't like to know the entire achievement list because a lot of times they spoil stuff um, the only game I'll ever read the entire achievement list for is Madden every year. Because, like, what is it going to spoil for me? I don't care. Also, <laughs> the Patriots won. The, the achievements are, like, based on, like, legacy score and a bunch of crap. But a lot of times in the achievements you'll see, like, features that they're adding that you might not be familiar with or, like, certain hints and stuff. So that's cool to know. But, like, yeah, it's, I don't like looking at achievement guides either. It's kind of like a media blackout thing for me. Um, just because a lot of the times they spoil stuff. Or, like, I'm... I'm a weirdo. We've talked about this with, like, trailers, too. Like, I have a hard time of watching a trailer, and then when I watch the movie, I remember, oh, yeah, that was in the trailer. That was in the trailer. Same thing with, like, uh, that stuff is, like, I'll, I'll point it out the, the, the moment I see it. You know what I mean? The achievements or it's, like, chapter one, and it's, like, a phrase relating to the game. It's, like, oh, that's what the reference is to, and it kind of ruins it for me. So, uh, Jared, you just reminded me. Quick update. Uh, earlier this year, I mentioned that I was... Uh, greatly reducing the amount of trailers that I watched, uh, just having seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which is fucking fantastic, and everyone should watch, especially Dom, who doesn't have taste because he thinks that Friends is better than Seinfeld. Sorry, that was a joke. It wasn't, <laughs> there was a joke in there, even though I didn't really give you the tone of voice, but... Um, <laughs> Well, now I've just totally forgot what I was going to say because I went on the Guardians. Oh, yeah. Guardians. Yeah. 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 So the trailer thing. Sorry, I'm going on this fucking tangent. The trailer thing. It is worth it. I only watched one trailer for Guardians. And then now this part's fucking crazy. You know, Alien Covenant's coming on screen before um, trailers for Wonder Woman and shit. And I've got my eyes closed the whole fucking time because I'm trying not to get spoiled on these movies. But it is worth it because, like Jared said, you're not like oh, well, that part was in the trailer, or you're not thinking, well, this movie's still got some time left because I haven't seen this part from the trailer or whatever. It is worth it. It is a more enjoyable experience. Sorry that took so long. 
yeah, I think that covers everything for walkthroughs and guides. Uh, let's close up the show. Um, sorry if you hear a dog in the background. It's my neighbor's dog. I can't control it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's get into what we're going to be playing before we close up the show. Uh, I'm going to be playing Prey. Also, I forgot to say at the beginning of the show, my pre-order for uh, Guardians of the Wills came in. It's a Star Wars book based on uh, uh, Chira Imway and uh, Baze from Rogue One. Baze. So I'm going to be reading that. Pretty excited about that. Also watched Get Out. Pretty good movie. Liked it a lot. Oh. Uh, it's, it's pretty much it's a so movie. good. Yeah, I like pretty movie good movie. I liked it. Yeah, quite a bit. I shouldn't say pretty good. T S motherfucking A. <laughs> um, we also, handle shit. Also, I didn't know that. Um, I always I don't know the actor's name, but the guy in Atlanta, um, Donald Glover's friend in Atlanta. Yeah. I didn't know he was also yeah. in Get Out. Really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I can't remember his name either. Yeah. But I know it if uh, I saw it. Yeah, so pretty much pray for me. I'm not going to be focusing on playing anything else. If it happens, it happens. But what about you guys? <laughs> uh, Jared, right, right, I wish I, I could go. oblige, but I don't think I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. All right. I, 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 just, I was reminded of things, and I got to get it off. I got to get it out into the world and put it in the air. Um, I watched three movies, and I'm going to list them in order of quality. Guardians uh, of the Galaxy Man- Volume 1. No, stop. No. All right. In, in order of quality, first at Manchester by the Sea completely fucked me up and if you haven't watched that yeah you gotta go watch it there's a it. lot it's on of yelling Prime in now. that movie yeah it's it's so it's unbelievably good anyway uh and then moonlight watch that one also yeah. extremely good yeah and then la la land was also really good in that order yeah just putting that out there also better call saul like i keep telling you guys gets better every week um gonna keep watching i don't even yeah, just I just watched it last night, the last episode, and it's just ugh. it was all I can say. It's so good, gut wrenching this week's episode. Don't, t- t- don't tell me that. I'm like three or four yeah. episodes behind. <laughs> oh man, watch it, watch and it. It's it's the best it's been so far. As far as games, are you gonna be playing more Salt and Sanctuary? Yes, that Salt and Sanctuary, and a couple actually, but probably about a, two months ago now, I bought Wolfenstein: The New Order for like six dollars on sale. Nice. So great game. I'm going to get to that now that I'm done with Horizon. That's going to be next up on the plate there. So that's everything. I just had to get it all out real quick. So for me, uh, I think, you know, Dom brought up the Better Call Saul thing. I want to I want to give a quick shout out to drama on television right now because... Um, <laughs> just in general? Well, no, listen to this because my weeks are so fucking awesome, especially at the start. Sunday night, you got The Leftovers. Monday night, you got Better Call Saul. Tuesday night, you got The Americans. Wednesday night, you got Fargo. I mean, my God. That's some good shit right there, people. So if you're not on any one of those four shows, they're all uh, five seasons or less. They're all absolutely worth watching, and I cannot recommend them enough. Um, So obviously, I'll be watching all four of those uh, lovely shows (laughs) next week. Um, I will be watching Code Geass Season 2 can't wait for that because that's a fucking dope series uh gonna watch the steinsgate movie which is relatively new and um i'm not gonna ask you to pray for me but i think i will be playing the game um oh and then um hopefully i'll i'll be digging down into steinsgate on the vita because uh like i said really invested in that world right now Awesome. Uh, Logan, you're last. Let us know what you're going to be playing, and then uh, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you as well after you're done. So 
I'm trying to find some time to play more games myself. Praise, obviously, at the top of the list. I'm hoping to get, sink my teeth back into that. I also need to go back and give Mass Effect Andromeda a little bit more time, and I don't know when I'm going to do that. Um, I got the about eight to wait, ten the hours. The game gets. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking at this point. They just had another patch that came out this week, so right, it sounds like yeah. it's going to keep getting better. Um, because I'm such a big fan of that franchise, but I got maybe eight hours or less into Andromeda, and it just was not clicking with me at all. But I feel like I owe it to myself to go back to that game at some point, so that's definitely on my to-do list. I don't know if I'll do it within the next week, but definitely before the next time I'm on this podcast, I'd say I'll have gone back to it. (laughs) Um, Besides that... Um, I don't know. I've got Persona, and I haven't even like installed it on my PS4 or anything yet. Oh so boy! I've got a ton of stuff. I mean, there's just too many games coming out, and then I, I don't know. Whatever I have to end up reviewing soon for Dual Shockers, where you can find some of my written work and stuff like that. If you want to go over there, um, but if besides that, if you want to keep up with me, you can follow me on Twitter at moreman 12 and then you can go listen to all my own podcasts over at ModelCitizensMedia.com. Uh, we've got a bunch of shows over there that w- I record with a few friends, and we've got some cool guests lined up for the future, so should be fun. I know you guys do Millennial Game Speak, which is a podcast I've been on, and then yeah. you guys have the music podcast, right? What is it called? Yeah, that's called Reeling in the Years. I do that with my friend Michael. We break down music on a year-by-year basis. Um and so we'll take just one random year. Like, I think recently we did 2015, and so we just talk about everything that happened in music in the year 2015, and, like, I think our next episode is going to be 1985. So so we just jump oh. around all over the place. Um, oh, you're besides, in the years. Yeah, that's where we got that. That's where we got that from. Steely fucking Dan, listen to that band. <laughs> uh, well, besides it's, it's that, Steely Dan. I'm sorry. Steely Dan is the name of the band. Yeah, go listen to Steely Dan. Uh, besides that, we've got the Model Citizen show, which is like our flagship show for that brand. And then Max, my co-host on Millennial Games Beak, has a show called Behind the Pixel that he does, where he brings on people in the gaming industry to talk about what they do and, I don't know, different things, however Dude. he wants to approach those conversations. Um, you guys got the podcast naming thing down over there. I guess so. We're we're all right at it. Behind um, the Pixel, I love it. <laughs> he's got um I'll I'll say this right now just to keep an eye out. He hasn't announced it yet, but uh next month's guest for the show we've got Danny O'Dwyer on. So Oh Michelle Danny O'Dwyer <laughs> So we'll see how we'll see how he does. He hasn't announced that, so don't tell anybody that I told that I told you all on this podcast. <laughs> but that'll go that'll go up next month. We I think he just recorded <laughs> that today. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely check him out. Logan does a lot of stuff. They, it's cool. Uh, you, that new venture, you guys kind of merged with other people that you found, and it's pretty cool. I really like the yeah the styling and the naming and everything. You guys got it on lock. Um, yeah, definitely give him a listen. He'll be back on the podcast. He's going to be doing PlayStation – no, not PlayStation, Nintendo predictions with us. So tune into that closer to E3 here in a couple of weeks, and we'll talk about Nintendo and everything they're probably going to do wrong. Um, <laughs> that's it for episode 59 of the Controlled Ventures Gamecast. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I am at Jared underscore. Dom is at Dom's Oreos. Uh, Jordan is at Melomotus. And uh, the Controlled Interest Twitter is CTRLINT. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube. We don't have a custom URL yet. Getting close, we're at 88 subs. We need 100. Just look up Controlled Interest on YouTube. Uh, you know, 
give us a review on iTunes if you can. That helps as well. And we'll catch you guys next time. Bye.